Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Williams. And this episode, I interview Molly Wheatley. She's the founder and creator of the Tutorpreneur Academy. She helps teachers build a profitable tutoring business using skills they already have that fits in the schedule of a teaching position. She discovered her passion when she reached the five-year mark of teaching and she felt totally burnt out and realized she could use her teaching strengths to make money on the side. She created a unique approach, which is called the tutorpreneur method, and since then has worked with countless students and it's become her mission to empower every teacher to start earning great money on the side. Hey, Molly, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks, Daphne. I'm so excited to be here. I know that there have been a lot of different discussions that teachers have reached out and kind of asked me questions about tutoring. So I'm really excited to get started and ask you some really specific questions about starting your own tutoring business. But before we do that, would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself and why you're so passionate about building a business through tutoring as well? Yeah, so I'm in my seventh year of teaching. And about my fifth year, I switched schools. I had, and I'm sure some of your listeners will relate to this, I had a terrible administrator, and that's why I left my school. So it was a great school, but a rough admin. So I switched to a school that had a really, really hard clientele, but the administrator was fantastic. So I kind of flip-flopped both of those things. And I got teacher burnout really bad in that fifth year. I would cry in my car a lot on the way to school. And I found myself kind of feeling hopeless. Like, did I really, should I have become a teacher? Um, Was I in the right job? You know, just all those things, those feelings of hopelessness that teachers go through from time to time. I started listening to some business podcasts. And that kind of really got me out of my slump. It gave me the hope I needed um, to move forward with my teaching day. And I started tutoring a couple kids after school, and then it just kind of exploded into a full-blown tutoring side hustle to where I am today. And um, 
I it kind of gave me back my passion for teaching that I didn't think was possible because I got to work with kids one to one, which I was really craving and missing from the regular classroom. So are you still working as a teacher full time as you're having a tutoring business? I am. Yeah, I'm teaching first grade this year online from home, uh, but I will be going back into the regular classroom in the fall. What was it, do you think, about making the transition into even like starting your own business that helped inspire you in the classroom as well? Like, do you feel like it's because now you have ownership and autonomy over something else in your life and that was the puzzle piece that was missing? Yes. As soon as you said the word ownership, I was thinking the exact same word. I felt like I had autonomy and ownership over my own life. Because teachers know that when you're at school for those seven to however many hours a day, you're locked in. You can't even really leave to go get lunch. So I feel like in my tutoring business, I get to be the boss. I get to get paid what I think I'm worth. And I get to set my own hours. Having ownership over what you're doing over the weekends probably gave you a lot of, you know, pride. But there's a lot to be said. And I hate to sound like a capitalist or like money buys happiness. But there's a lot to be said about like that stress that you feel if you're living paycheck to paycheck and how that impacts you as well and having what's called like financial freedom and financial flexibility allows you to pay for going to therapy or you know getting massages or self-care items or even asking someone to take things off of your plate by being able to afford a house cleaner and that's something that I've always really kind of been an advocate for of if you can figure out ways to make a little bit more money can you take other things off of your plate to be happier as well? And figuring out that balance of, of what you really need to do. And that's so I'm so excited to have you and really start diving into tutoring. But did you feel like as you started to earn more money, you felt like you were taking things off of your plate? Definitely. I paid off my car quickly, which was a goal that I had had because you mentioned financial freedom. And that's something that my husband and I strive for. And uh, we're big listeners of Dave Ramsey. And so we're always trying to find ways to tighten things up. And tutoring allowed me to do a lot of things this year that I wouldn't have been able to do and hire some things out on my business end that, like you said, um, I could take off my plate because I was able to afford it with my extra income from tutoring. So what's a reasonable amount to expect that you can actually make from a tutoring business? I always tell teachers that $1,000 is an easy monthly revenue goal to hit with just a handful of clients. And you can do that by charging anywhere from 30 to 50, I think, depending on your qualifications per hour, per half hour. Um, For a point of reference, reference, I charge $30 per half hour. A lot of people will ask me that and I'm, I'm happy to share that information. And with five clients, two times a week each, for a month that easily reaches around $1,200 a month. And are we talking about, when you're talking about clients, I know you're talking about students, but are you talking about elementary students? Are you talking about high school students who are prepping for kind of extreme exams? What types of qualifications do teachers really need to be able to bring in this type of income? I think as long as you're tutoring in a subject area that you're extremely passionate about, then you can tutor any age group. Um, One thing I always tell the teachers that take my course is that you need to tutor, your niche needs to be in your favorite, in your favorite subject area. So for me, I love teaching reading and writing. So that's what I tutor in because I'm going to be excited about it when I have to do it after school and I'm going to be an expert. 
And most teachers have a master's degree. We just keep going to school and um, you got to get rid of that self-doubt that you couldn't work one-to-one with kids because you do it all day. And uh, tutoring is just like the perfect marriage of the skills you acquired in college with your, your day job. You're not having to sell anything. You're just doing what you do naturally. For everybody listening right now too, new to the business world, because this is kind of like business terminology is niche. So niche is just, you know, that category of who your target clients are. So if it's people who are looking for tutors that specialize in teaching their students, you know, technology, or just fifth grade could be your niche. Do you give any types of advice on helping teachers find a niche? Yes, I start with what's your favorite thing to teach and then kind of do like a brain dump from there of all the different content areas you could pull or not content, but subjects that you could pull from what your kids are learning at school um, to things that you're interested in teaching. And it can be pretty vast. I've worked with a high school teacher recently um, that started her tutoring business and she loves doing poetry. So that's one of the things that she helps her high school tutoring clients with. So it could be really specialized or it could be more general, but I think uh, the more niche down you get, the better because people are looking for specific things when it comes to tutoring. Yeah. And that's something kind of to dive into on like how to land clients and how to find people who are interested in your services is niching down helps you stand out above the rest. Because right now a parent might be looking for a tutor and they might have 100 tutors in front of them that just kind of have that blanket title. I'm a tutor. Right. But they might be looking for someone who's specifically a math tutor or specifically a you know a STEM tutor or someone for gifted and talented students. And you having that niche speaks to them where they know that's the person for me. That's the person that I've been looking for and not those 49 other people who are tutoring. Absolutely. And, you know, if you have been teaching for any amount of time, you have clients at your fingertips because you have previous students that you could reach out to their parents and ask them if they are in need of your specific tutoring niche, let them know your services. And that's the perfect way to get started um, without feeling salesy at all. So let's talk a little bit about that, because that's a question that I have when it comes to tutoring. And I've thought about tutoring when I was still in the classroom, just as a way to make income. Because for me, living in Los Angeles, I had a master's degree, I had a couple years teaching experience, and I was struggling to make rent month to month, living paycheck month to month on it. And I thought about like, I signed up for tutoring, um, like apps online, but I never really got into it or started really pursuing it enough because I was a little confused on whether or not like I could reach out to parents or ask them to be clients. I didn't know if that would be kind of a conflict of interest with me being employed at the school and then asking for outside services. As long as it's outside your contract hour times, I would definitely look at your contract because it's different from state to state. But for the most part, if you do it outside of your contract hours, what you do in that time is your time. Um, I usually go with former students to start, um, but you could certainly ask your current students, especially with you know it being close to summertime and you're gonna be ending the year with the kids and you know where they are ending the year. So you could have a legitimate sell to them. This is where we ended. This is what I can help with. Are you interested? And not be afraid to hear the word no. Most of the time, parents are going to be excited to hear from you and to keep a relationship. Would this be something that you reach out using your school 
email address or would you recommend that they use a personal email address for these types of interactions? I recommend having a, your own personal email that's a business email that you have set up, you know, molly at tutoring.com or whatever your email is, something that sounds professional. And it's okay to contact people using their personal email addresses that you got through your school, like obtaining that list. All of that is something that maybe they should look into their contracts or talk to maybe their administrators about. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's always safe to double, triple check. So if you really are worried about it, then definitely go forward with that. But most of the time, a principal is going to be like, that's great. This is going to make them ready for the next grade level. to starting a tutoring business, another really technical question that a lot of people have is, you know, once I start making this income, what am I supposed to do there? You know, like, do I have to set up my own business license? There's all these puzzle pieces that come with additional income streams. I personally started out just claiming self-employed income with my own Teachers Pay Teachers store. And then I actually moved over to what's called an S corporation, um, where I'm on my own salary with educational consulting and any income streams so that I can also have team members that I hire throughout the teacher career coach. But for people who are just, you know, getting started, what's the advice that you give for them on what they need to know as they're getting started with the tutoring business? Well, first, I usually say don't get overwhelmed because you can start Googling things and just feel like you don't even want to start because there's so many things to learn. I do recommend getting an LLC or some kind of, you said S Corp for yours, LLC is limited liability company. That's a great one to start with, but you need to check with your state uh, government website to figure that out first. So I do recommend that because once you start treating your business like a business, it becomes a business. <laughs> so um, the money also flows in quicker when you are not treating it just like a little hobby on the side. So talking a little bit more about the taxes, you know, for me, the S Corp, the reason why I ended up going that direction is because for my goals, I know that I want to be able to have full-time team members that I'm able to give you know, employment to. And that's why I went to what's called an S-Corp. But for most people, like you said, an LLC is usually the right direction, especially if you're just going to be self-employed. Um, this is something to always talk to a tax professional about or an accountant or someone and get their advice for your own specific goals and your own specific information. But if that sounds scary or difficult, it might kind of be. But think about whether or not, like you said, $1,000 a month. Is it worth figuring this out for $12,000 this year? And usually the answer is yes. <laughs> and the worst case scenario is you get a little bit smarter when it comes to tax purposes and you decide to move a different route, but you already have an LLC set up if you wanted to. You can do this for Teachers Pay Teachers for tutoring. You don't have to have one specific side hustle picked for that one specific LLC either. That's what I like about it too, that you can start incorporating multiple streams of income this way and you're not locked into just one thing, but you're uh, protected with that LLC as well if anything were to happen. Teachers who are listening right now, the last year has been a very funky year. Everybody's very overwhelmed. As we are airing this, it's actually in the middle of summer where people are starting to think, can I have multiple streams of income? Can I start something for the following year? 
But there's probably a nagging feeling in the back of their head where they say, where am I going to have the time for any of these extra projects once school comes back into session? What is your advice for maintaining work-life balance? Because you're doing it right now. You know, you're teaching full-time and you're a tutor. How do you manage both of these at the same time? I started with what I wanted to earn with my tutoring business. And then I I kind of did backward design and figured out, okay, well, if I want to get to this amount, this is what I need to charge. And this is how many kids per week I'll have to work with. And so that was around five to nine kids per week, depending on if they wanted one or two sessions. So that's a couple hours, a few nights a week after work. It was doable for me um, because of the position I'm in with teaching right now. Um, I've been a teacher for a while, but I don't think that it matters how long you've been a teacher. You can make it work um, if you have a drive to do it. You have to want to do it. You can't just do it because you want to make extra money because that's going to come across in in your tutoring sessions. So I also definitely reserve the weekends and Fridays for my family. I don't tutor at all on those days. So if that gives anybody a little bit of hope about how they could set up their tutoring schedule a couple hours, a few nights a week after school, and then, you know, you're done. One thing that I want to touch on that I love that you said, this is not the business for any of my listeners that in their heart know that their hearts are checked out of teaching in general. And that's okay. If that's who you are and that's how you feel, that's okay. There are other types of things that you can start to pursue, but this is for the listeners who are listening, who have loved teaching, who love working with kids, their hearts in it, but something is missing, whether or not it's financially motivated stressors or just needing to grow in a different way, needing a little bit more creativity or just they're passionate and they want to learn more about starting their own business and this sounds like a fun adventure. Exactly. And it can grow. I've seen teachers grow a tutoring business from part-time to full-time and they're able to leave teaching that way. Um, Is that always the case? No. But I hands down agree with you that this is not the pitch for someone that's wanting to get out of teaching. It would probably make you feel even more burned out if you were to attempt another round of teaching in a side hustle. When it comes to actually tutoring, do you create all of your curriculum all on its own, almost like someone who's like a teacher's paid teacher's author? Or are you just reusing kind of curriculum that you've learned in the classroom? I do a little bit of everything. So I do have a TPT store that I, I create some of my own teaching resources. That's another form of income that I can have with tutoring, which is great. Um, but, you know, that's not always predictable depending on the season or the month. So um, I use a lot of things that I've learned over the years in my teaching career and um, things that I've collected as a teacher. Since I work with reading, I've got a ton of early literacy books. I I teach kids to read. That's my passion. So I've got a lot of resources over the years I've kept. So what does it look like when you start to talk to a parent, a potential client, and tell them about your tutoring services? How do you kind of pitch yourself? And, you know, even if they already were a former parent of one of your students, there's still probably a little bit of a different process there. Maybe some sort of back and forth where you have to talk to them about what you're able to offer. What does that look like for you? Okay, that's kind of twofold. So um, 
I on my website, on my blog, I have a post called how to get your first tutoring client. And it has my email template right there. So you can take it as a swipe file. So I like to start with, you know, connecting with the former student's parent, um, talking about what grade level they're currently in. You know, this year has been crazy. Say something about that. Um, Tell them about their business or my business and what I'm offering and what I think I could help the student with. Be very specific and make it about their kid. And then um, ask them, you know, if you're not interested, no, no issue, but could you pass on my information to anybody that is? And the word of mouth marketing with tutoring, you don't have to spend a dime spending any money on marketing that way because parents will talk about you if they liked you as the classroom teacher, if you're tutoring for them now and they like you, it just spreads like wildfire. Um, but the, the, the second part of that was once you have worked with someone um, and you don't want to do the back and forth thing, I recommend having a contract and then you don't have to do the back and forth email thing. It's just, and it takes away the uneasy feeling of talking about money and your terms because you can just send the contract right over and they have it right there in front of them. And the contract, is that something that you help people in your course with actually creating? I do. I I actually had a lawyer create a template for my students because I did not want to be legally responsible for something like that because I'm not a lawyer. So she created one for me and then I, I give it to my students inside of my academy. And that's really smart. That's I've worked with a lawyer as well for when it comes to copywriting and things like that, when it comes to just making sure that you're protected. So when teachers are thinking of passing along contracts to parents, they probably want to make sure that whatever type of contract they're sending is something that's legally binding and not just like, I hereby ask you to do this forever and it's written on a napkin, which is probably what I would have done five years ago if I didn't know the ins and outs. Right. So let's go a little bit more into what you're able to actually teach teachers about inside of your course. So yeah, my course starts from getting your mindset right from classroom teacher to turning into a thriving tutoring business owner. I think there's some things that you have to tackle like having self-doubt and imposter syndrome. And then it quickly moves into the, the business side, how to set up your website and, and getting started with how to get clients and what to charge and anything that you can think of, honestly, about starting a tutoring business. You talked about my contract that's in there, too, um, and how to create multiple streams of income as a tutor so many things. There's five modules and I go pretty in depth in each one. And then Molly, is there anywhere that they can find you on Instagram as well? I'm really active on Instagram. My handle is Molly A, letter A, Wheatley, L-E-Y for Wheatley. So you can find me there. And I'll have all of this linked in today's show notes. And for anybody who's interested in finding Molly's course, I have a really easy link set up for you at teachercareercoach.com forward slash tutor. And that's where you can find all of the resources that were mentioned in today's show notes. So thank you so much, Molly. And I really appreciate you being on here today and sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Huge thank you to Molly for coming on to speak to the teacher career coach community. You can learn all about Molly's Tutorpreneur Academy at teachercareercoach.com forward slash Tutorpreneur Academy, all one word, and make sure to use coupon code TCC to get 10% off of your purchase price if you do enroll. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.